0: This episode is sponsored by the Pampered Puppy out of Conyers, Georgia. Are you looking for an amazing groomer with a great rep for your pups? I know for my Emory and Charlie, I'll only take them to the best of the best. That's why I will only use the Pampered Puppy.
1: They have years and years of experience, and the shop has been around for over 30 years. They've also been voted best of
0: Rockdale and Newton County for 18 years. Whoa, business owner goals. You can check them out in Old Town Conyers or at YourPamperedPuppy.com. You can also give them a call at 770-760-1494.
1: That's YourPamperedPuppy.com or call them at 770-760-1494. Hi, Juicers. I'm Alyssa. And I'm Brooke. And this is For God's Sake. Don't drink the Jones juice. Welcome back to episode
0: 14. 14. We are getting up there. I know. We say that every single time. Well, we are. It's like (laughs) exciting. The more we make, the more listens we get. And it's awesome.
1: We hope you guys are enjoying it. And again, we are very thankful for your ears. Yes. And your time. Because I know these episodes can be pretty
0: long. Mm -hmm. This one's going to be a long one. And the next one's going to be a long one. uh, Because Alyssa and I are doing something a little different this evening. Um, We are both doing an individual episode. And these are both uh, very high profile cases. So it's going to take a while.
1: Yeah, we figured we'd give you two one-hour episodes instead of one two-hour episode because mm-hmm. I know that people can't just sit around for two hours. Yeah, right.
0: So you can listen to these different days or if you love them that much, you can listen to them back to so. back. They're both very interesting. We did
1: plan these like weeks in advance, so yeah. we do know what the other doing. So,
0: But I will say I don't really have that much knowledge on Alyssa's, subject. and I don't with yours either. So
1: yay, it'll be. And I didn't search anything up either. So
0: good. Well, that's good. So we'll have lots and lots of questions and things to talk about tonight. Definitely. Um. <clears throat> so I guess um, I want to talk about a little bit, uh, or talk a little bit about what I did today. Um, So today I did a photo shoot with my rescue baby, Emery, who I've had, I don't know, like nine or ten years. Um, He's my lab pit mix that is my soul dog, as I call him. Um, (laughs) He's my heart and soul. But um, So I did a photo shoot with him, and it was a calendar photo shoot. So basically, um, we did this for, and I I hope they didn't hear that. Oh, that was loud. So basically we did this for a hundred uh, percent nonprofit event called w- Wolfstock 2020 that is run by the amazing beautiful soul Sarah Kennedy. Um, so basically all the calendar proceeds will go directly to Walking Home Together, which is a local non-kill animal rescue in Conyers, Georgia. And it's run by Lori Todd. Um, But essentially what we did, we went and we hung out and we got our picture taken and did all kinds of cute poses. And we will be uh, one of the months in this calendar. So when the calendar comes out, make sure to pick you up one. And uh, again, this is a hundred percent nonprofit. Sarah's not profiting off of this. Uh, the models aren't profiting off of this. It is 100% going to this particular animal rescue. And I am huge on rescue. So this was a, a super special cause for me. Um, this particular rescue has cut the kill rate for Rockdale County uh, by half single-handedly Dang. Over, Yeah, in the past year alone. So they've saved over 200 dogs in the last year. So super fun time today. Um, thank you, Sarah, and thank you to the photographer, Dwayne. Um, it was a great time. Um, One more local event I'd like to mention, Uh, November 7th is the 11th annual Ride for Roxy. And uh, if you aren't familiar with the Ride for Roxy, it's basically a motorcycle car ride um, that benefits uh, breast cancer patients. So this year's event is a poker run benefiting Sandra D. Uh, Sandra D. Wells is a one-time breast cancer survivor that was recently diagnosed with stage four metastatic, I hope I said that right, breast cancer, meaning that her cancer has returned and has spread. That's heartbreaking. That's so sad. So she is currently undergoing chemotherapy and radiation at Cancer Center Treatments uh, uh, in in Noonan, Georgia. This event will raise money for her medical expenses, lost wages, and traveling expenses for her treatment. Um, she is a primary caretaker for her ed- elderly father. So as you can imagine, I'm sure that's very difficult going through those treatments and being yeah. a caretaker. I'm sure. Um, My company is donating uh, to the cause. Um, If you would like to donate, um, you can donate a hundred dollars and you will have an ad on one of their t-shirts. If you'd like to donate anything or to sponsor the ride, uh, you can contact Crystal Little. Uh, Her phone number is 678-544-1677. Um, any donations can also be sent to paypal.me slash ride for like the number 4, Roxy, R-O-X-Y. Or you can check out the event on Facebook at Ride4Roxy. So yeah, you guys check that out. Um, just a couple of nonprofit, uh, cool, you know, local events that I wanted to kind of shout out. That's all really cool.
1: Yes. and sad also
0: yeah yeah i love uh i guess when the community comes together you know to help somebody out oh yeah so me too i always have to you know i'm always down to help because these are both in rockdale uh well i'm not sure that the woman with the uh, breast cancer is is from rockdale mm-hmm. but um crystal the girl that runs the event uh this event was actually started for her mother roxy who passed away last year i believe oh yeah um so crystal is local okay it sounds like the sandra woman um maybe in noonan or something where did you say the ride for roxy thing is gonna be so it takes place let me pull this back up one more time
1: if you guys hear boom i'm so sorry
0: um So, it will be, it starts at 5 o'clock, or 5 o'clock Sports Bar and Grill, Um, then 2nd, 3rd Base Sports Bar and Grill, 3rd, they'll be at the Porterdale Bar and Grill, 4th at Motorheads, and the ending will be at 5 o'clock for a live auction and music. So, again, you can donate if you'd like to auction anything Mm -hmm. off um but sounds like it'll be a good time. So it that is like it. November the 7th. Check it out guys.
1: Cool. Yeah. So I'm glad you shouted those out. I didn't even know. I mean, I knew about the the dog calendar
0: cuz you told me about <laughs> it, but I didn't know yeah. about the I love shouting out local events and local businesses. So if you guys ever, you know, want a little shout out, let us know. We'd love to, you know, help you because you help us. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, how was your day, Alyssa? Anything cool happen over the weekend? Uh
1: Not really. Yesterday was my sister's birthday party. She oh. turned 14 today. Oh. So we went Happy to birthday that. autumn. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. even know if she listens, but <laughs> um, Titus Um, was very upset that it was not his birthday (laughs) and that he didn't get to blow out the candles. Oh, poor baby. And so considering Scotty's birthday is Tuesday, my mom had bought him his own little cake. Oh. But he was wrestling, so he couldn't be there. Mm -hmm. So we let Titus blow those candles out. Oh. And um, instead of blowing the candles out, normally he pretty much just spit the candles out. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) But mm. other than that, I don't know. It's been, I, like me and Brooke were just talking about this,
0: but it's been such a long week. It really has. And it feels like it's been forever since we are co- re- recorded. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you see, we can't even talk today.
1: <laughs> when <win>, can we? <laughs> Never. But I don't know. And today kind of sucked. Like, Scotty let me sleep in, which was nice. And mm-hmm. I got up at it was like almost 10 o'clock and nice. then I immediately started finishing up my research for episode 15 and I don't know why usually I kind of dread doing research just because it's time consuming you've and been looking forward to this one for a long time
0: though. I know but I just for whatever reason
1: couldn't bring myself to do it and so, so you're just
0: not motivated I totally get yeah. it
1: And I, uh, with this one, I just watched a documentary the whole entire time. There was, I mean, there were articles, but they were not very informative compared to the documentary. Right. And so, watching a documentary and, like, pausing it to, like, type out what you, yeah, it just was a lot. And Titus um, would sit beside me and, you know, kick my laptop or... (laughs) you know ask me for something and it just I don't know sounds accurate (laughs) it just didn't go the way that I wanted it to go and I don't know
0: I'm sure the episode will be good I'm looking forward to it I hope so I just
1: I feel kind of off
0: today I don't know what
1: it is I just feel kind of off
0: sometimes the universe is just that way I've been feeling pretty good lately I don't know that's good
1: yeah at least one of us is (laughs) I've also not taken my medicine and like five
0: days so i'm sure that's probably why yeah (laughs) girl Mm -mm -mm. i know well anything else we need to announce um uh, uh how's the facebook group going since i am no longer a member
1: uh it's going good we've had um i mean the last few days we haven't really had that many people you know posting in there probably everybody might be just feeling the tides of the universe but for the most part it's been pretty interactive and um i think we have over 1400 members Mm -hmm. um literally everybody and their mother keeps (laughs) sharing the uh trailer for the new chris Chris watts Watts. yeah (laughs)
0: Yeah. alyssa screenshotted it she was like and sent it she texted to me because i'm not on facebook and was like Do you know how many people have posted this same exact link? It literally... (laughs) She was like, five. (laughs) (laughs) No, we appreciate it. I can't wait to see it.
1: I can't either. Um, When I first saw it, I thought that it was already on Netflix. And I was like, yes! But Mm -hmm. then I read further and I was like, no.
0: (laughs) But it's coming out like the end of the month?
1: Maybe. Or maybe early October. I can't remember. Okay. Okay. But, yeah, I'm excited for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess we all should also should talk about our military episode. I don't think we've mentioned that in a yeah, while. Yeah, it's coming,
0: like, God, like... What, like,
1: next week? Is it? Um, no, the week after. Wait, I don't know. I don't even see... Uh, next week. What is that regular episode? Okay.
0: Yeah, because it'll be a special along with our regular episode.
1: Right. So We need to get together and work on that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, okay. <laughs> send us your stories if you want. You've probably heard us say it a million times by now, but if you have um, a sexual assault story that you really want out in the light, send it to our Gmail at don'tdrinkthejonesjuice at com. And if you want us to, we can shed light on that and put it out into the world making sure that you're 100% anonymous just because we realize that it is such a huge issue
0: in the military. Yes. I'm looking forward to this episode. I hope we can, you know, open some eyes and ears to things that maybe people were not aware of. Yeah. I don't think we really were. No, no,
1: no, no. You would think that the military would be a safe place regarding that, but apparently not. Nope. So, yeah, we kind of want to we'll let you guys in on what's going on in our, you know, between the people who are supposed to be protecting, you know, the United States. They're being... They're not know. protecting their people. Right. Exactly. <coughs> but Scary I think stuff. that's really... I feel like there is one other thing besides that. But, oh, our Q&A. I was thinking about that last time. Did oh. you still want to do that?
0: Well when are we doing that Uh, i don't even think i have it written down so unless we start getting like a lot of questions like just screw it you guys don't care about us it's fine (laughs) i'm just kidding (laughs) um
1: i know we have it in our on our instagram i'll go look it up Um,
0: if you guys have any questions for us podcast related our personal lives related Our careers related, anything, anything you want to know about us, email us, Instagram us, Facebook us. Ask us your questions. We will answer them in a special QA episode if we ever get enough questions. Yeah. (laughs) Um,
1: Which we're supposed to do that October 19th. Okay. so. So
0: still about a month away. Right. So we have time. Ask us questions.
1: Yeah. Brooke can tell you about her dogs and her boat and her pool oh god (laughs) And I don't really have much going on in my life but I will tell you anything I guess (laughs) but I think that's it yeah yeah that's all so I guess we'll go ahead and get started okay um okay you guys don't know this but we had to pause it for a second but we're back
0: all right so let's start episode 14 So, um, I'm just going to start this by saying as morbid as this may sound, um, I guess if there's such thing as a quote unquote favorite serial killer, this particular woman right here is my favorite serial killer. (laughs) And oddly enough, she is also probably the most famous female serial killer of all times.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah as some of you may have figured out by now, I have a odd fascination with women killers. Um, For whatever reason, I just, I just, I I guess I have a fascination with why women kill because it is so less common. Yeah. Less common than male murderers. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, it just fascinates me. Alyssa and I have very different styles and the things that we, uh, that we find interesting as far as true crime i think yeah
1: i mean like that stuff interests me too but i like the more like you know people who are just like
0: obviously very deranged yeah so anyway uh eileen wernos was born eileen carol pitman in rochester michigan on february ninth, 1956 so Eileen Wernos had a heartbreakingly troubled childhood and I think this is one of the reasons that I love her um, because... I think it's another one of those situations, like, she never had a chance. All and of them. All of them are like that, though. You know, not all. There are plenty that it's like, well, what the fuck? Why did you go do that? Like, you had everything you ever wanted. But a lot of times, yeah, they do have very tumultuous. Even with, like, serial killers.
1: Yeah. Especially serial killers who are, like, sexually driven. Right. Those are the ones that have, like, the fucked up childhoods yeah. and there are a lot of there them. There really
0: are. Yeah. Um... But um, I, I think Eileen was a brilliant woman. I think she wasn't given enough credit. I also, as terrible as this may sound, do not blame her for some of the cr- crimes that she committed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll talk about that a bit later.
1: Wait, doesn't she talk about like MK Ultra and stuff like that? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So how was she not crazy? <laughs> well, when she went <laughs> into prison, she did go a little cuckoo. But okay, I mean, who wouldn't? Oh, you know I would I mean? be insane. I'd probably shave my head. <laughs> so, um, her mother, Diane warnos was 14 years old when she married Eileen's father, who was 16 years old. Um, so, this was on June 3rd, 1954. Eileen's father's name was Leo Dale Pittman. Eileen's older brother Keith was born on March 14th, 1955. So Eileen and Keith were like not even a year apart. Uh, Less than two years after the marriage between uh, Diane and Leo, they divorced. So, Eileen was only two months old. No, I'm sorry, it was two months before Eileen was born. Oh, dang. Yeah, so she had never met her real father. Right. And Leo was in prison at the time of her birth. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> her father, Leo Dale Pittman, was diagnosed with schizophrenia and was later convicted of child molestation after molesting a seven year old girl.
1: Oh, wonderful.
0: Awful. So, when Eileen was 13, he committed suicide by hanging himself in prison. Dang. But honestly, who cares? Good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. In January 1960, when Wernos was almost four years old, Diane abandoned her children, leaving them with their maternal grandparents who adopted them. Oh, okay. She just, I guess, was hoping for some normalcy for the children because she knew she could not give it to them. She
1: was also very young
0: when she had them. Very young. So, Laurie and Britta Wernos, who were both alcoholics, these are the grandparents, Legally adopted Keith and Eileen on March 18th, 1960. By the age of 11, Eileen Wernos began trading sexual favors in school in exchange for cigarettes, drugs, and food. I wonder where she learned that from. Oh, we'll find out. Oh, okay. So she, unfortunately, wasn't much of a looker. So, this was the only way she felt as if she could be accepted was by trading these sexual favors because I guess it gave her the attention that she needed and wanted. Right. She didn't have much of that growing up. She was just felt always abandoned and not cared for and you right. Know. That's sad. So, um she also engaged in sexual activities with her brother Keith. Oh my God, I know. <laughs> no. Uh, Wernos was close with her grandmother and looked at her like a mother. <clears throat> However, Wernos said that her alcoholic grandfather repeatedly raped and violently beat her when she was a child.
1: Oh my god, I wonder if she would have been better with her mother instead of her grandparents. I know, isn't that
0: heartbreaking? That's so heartbreaking. So I'm not sure if the grandmother knew about this uh-huh. or if she just kind of turned a blind eye to it. But uh, yeah, that was... Her grandmother was really the only person she ever felt like she had a bond with, right, even though she was an alcoholic. So um, before beating her, her grandfather would force her to strip out of her clothes. In 1970, when she was only 14, she began uh, or she became pregnant after being raped by a friend of her grandfather. Oh my God! Isn't that terrible?
1: That's so sad. You know, back then, that kind of stuff just got swept under, under oh, the yeah. rug. Yeah. Her grandma probably did know, but mm-hmm. back then, that just
0: you just didn't talk. You just ignored it. I mean, imagine like some disgusting old man impregnating you. Mm, I couldn't. So. She gave birth to a baby boy at a home for unwed mothers on March 23, 1971, and the baby was put up for adoption. She really never spoke about this baby. Yeah. I'm sure it was very traumatizing and, oof, I hate it. I'm sure part of her probably resented it. Oh, yeah. So, a few months after her son was born, she dropped out of school about that same time her grandmother died of liver failure as a result a result of her heavy drinking. Right. Her grandmother's death crushed her and because like I said she was one of the only people who Eileen felt that ever showed her any kind of love or attention. Yeah. Um, when she was 15, her grandfather threw her out of the house, and she began supporting herself the only way she knew how to, which was being a prostitute and living in the woods near her own, ho- own home. Oh no. So, at 15. At 15. Oh my gosh, that's traumatic. It seemed that no- <clears throat> excuse me. It seemed that nothing but neglect, abandonment, abuse, sexual trauma, mm-hmm. and just pain followed her everywhere she went. Right. And that is why I just, I empathize with her so much. I, it breaks my heart for her. Yeah. Because, again, she never had a chance. She genuinely never had a chance.
1: Anything in her life that could go wrong, did go wrong. Always. Yeah. Always. I'm sure, like, also, she has horrible trust issues. I'm sure, Yeah. as she grew up,
0: men are just... Using and abusing her. They're they're
1: just, there's no humanity in them. None.
0: None. Yeah. Poor child. So having been involved in previous incidents with the law, she felt her only shot at making a living was to hitchhike and prostitute along the Florida highways. She was arrested during the mid-1970s for charges related to assault and disorderly conduct and eventually settled in Florida. And at the age of 20, she met a much older wealthy yachtsman named Louis Fell. It seemed like finally things were coming together for her, right. you know. So the two were married in 1976, and things finally looked like they were looking up for her. She was happy. She had a wealthy husband which who was much, much older than her, which I think the psychology behind that kind of goes back to...
1: Being abused, abused by somebody much, much older than exactly. her.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Um, but shortly thereafter, things came crashing down once again. Oh, no. There's actually a picture of her and, uh, her husband, um, online. And it is the only picture I have ever seen of Eileen Wernos where she had a genuine smile on her face. Right. You know, she's probably like, thank God. (laughs) I'm safe. Yeah. Yeah so uh lewis fell annulled the union shortly thereafter as eileen frequently left the home she shared with him to hang out in a local dive bar and she got in a ton of fights there <laughs> she also abused lewis fell who later claimed that she beat him with his own cane Ugh. so things were not that good <laughs> right right so, eventually, her elderly husband got a restraining order against her, forcing Eileen Warnos to return to Michigan to file for an annulment after just nine weeks of marriage. That's sad. It's like her only shot she had. And she blew she, it. She blew it, but that's all she knew how to do, you know? Right. Sadly, I mean. So, around the same time, uh, Warnos' brother, who with whom I mentioned earlier she had a incestuous relationship with. Yeah. Keith suddenly died of esophageal cancer. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's just over and over and over, like bam, bam, bam. Mm-hmm. So she was shocked. She never even knew that he was sick. And he was young, he was in his 20s. So once again, she felt abandoned, just like she did when her grandmother passed away. Yeah. So Eileen Warnes con- collected his $10,000 life insurance policy used some of the money to cover the fine for a DUI and bought herself a luxury car that she then crashed while driving under the influence oh no nothing like everything this girl touches just turns to shit
1: right you she know stories everything
0: yeah Ugh, I hate it so when that money ran out she returned to Florida and started getting arrested for theft again she briefly did some time for an armed robbery in which she stole $35 and some cigarettes. Oh, okay. Yeah. But she never was arrested for prostitution, which I thought was interesting.
1: That is interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was she always like just petty theft. Never got caught doing that. Mm-hmm. I feel like you could sell your body more secretly than you could, you know, rob right. a store exactly. with a gun
0: or something. Mhm. So working as a prostitute again, Warnosa was arrested in 1986 when one of her customers told police that she had pulled a gun on him in the car and demanded money. In 1987, while in Daytona, Florida, she moved in with and fell deeply in love with a hotel maid named Tyra Moore. Uh, this woman became her lover and her partner in crime. Um, eileen felt that she had a bond with tyra like she had never felt before right she was just head over heels with this woman i
1: would have turned to women too right exactly
0: (laughs) i think that happens a lot of times when you're abused by men oh i think so too yeah so um it would later be revealed that from late 1989 into the fall of 1990 Warnos had murdered at least seven men along Florida and Southern Georgia highways while prostituting, which most of us know this. Mm -hmm. That is why she is one of the most infamous female serial killers. So in mid-December 1989, the body of Richard Mallory was found in a junkyard. With more, uh, with five more men's bodies to be discovered over subsequent months. Wow! So her sanity was questioned. Wernos was executed by legal injection, or I'm sorry, lethal injection in 2002. In addition to documentaries, books, and an opera, her story was depicted in the 2000 film Monster, starring Charlize Theron, which is a very good movie. If you haven't seen it, you need to see it. I watched it as a teenager, and uh, that's what actually kind of made me, you know, made me uh, fascinated by Eileen. So, as it happens, her first victim of seven, Richard Mallory, was actually a convicted rapist. She claimed to have killed him in self-defense, which I 1,000% believe. You know what else, though? This
1: is a sad truth. Mm -hmm. It's a very sad truth, but... I've noticed in girls and women who have been sexually assaulted mm-hmm. at least once, no matter the degree, mm-hmm. it's like it follows them. Yeah. And yeah. I don't understand why, like mm-hmm. if one thing happens to you like that, mm-hmm. more follows Afterwards. Isn't that so, heartbreaking? Oh, it's fucking devastating. And it's sad because her as a prostitute, mm-hmm. I'm sure the police did not take her seriously. Oh, yeah. They were just like, well, you probably killed him for his money. Exactly. Even though, I mean, being a prostitute back then, mm-hmm. I'm sure, or a sex worker. I know people don't like when we say prostitute. Mm-hmm. Um it's a very dangerous business Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and i mean i don't know how it are there any laws protecting sex work at all or is it just illegal i think it's
0: just illegal i don't know maybe in certain states there Mm -hmm. are now yeah but i i'm pretty sure it's just illegal there should be yeah that's a touchy subject i guess
1: you know it just, it makes sense because, you know, it's going to happen no matter what. People mm-hmm. are always going to do sex work. Well, I mean,
0: methamphetamine is going to happen no matter what. So should we make that legal? You know what but I mean? But that's
1: different than sex work. Like, yeah, meth. I mean, it's still dangerous. Sex work? Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Dangerous? Absolutely what
1: yeah yeah i mean i mean ma- but if there's no laws protecting you i'm sure it is dangerous but if there are yeah like it's if you bad. have laws protecting you against meth you can still mm-hmm. like die or kill other people mm-hmm. doing it but when you're just doing sex work like if you are just having sex with men and women mm-hmm. and you have laws to back you up i'm sure the crime in sex work would dramatically drop yeah
0: and <coughs> that is true that is true So, um, as I was saying, she claimed to have killed him in self-defense, which I do 1,000% believe. And I think because he was her first kill, I think it sparked that much more anger in her towards men Mm -hmm. and just made it that much easier for her to kill the others. Well, it probably
1: made her feel powerful. Exactly. Like, I am now over you instead of you being over me.
0: Exactly. So, uh, Richard Mallory was 51 years old and had finished his prison term years earlier. He owned an electronics store in Clearwater. Wernos claimed that Mallory sodomized and brutally beat her after he drove her to an abandoned area for sexual requests. Um, if you watched the movie Monster, I remember this. that particular part is depicted in that movie and it is like, torturous to watch. It, it, it was really bad i've never seen the movie you'll have to watch it sometime okay so uh two days later a volusia county deputy sheriff found mallory's abandoned vehicle on december 13th his body was found several miles away in a wooded area he had been shot several times two bullets to the left lung were found to have to have been the cause of death right <clears throat> victim number two was david andrew spears he was 47 years old he was a construction worker from winter garden he was declared missing as of may 19 1990 on june 1st 1990 his naked body was found along us route 19 in florida in citrus county he had been shot six times by a 22 pistol victim three was charles edmund karskadon age 40 uh born may oh, i'm sorry not born found uh he was killed on may 31st 1990 and he was a part-time rodeo worker oh okay. on june 6 1990 his body was found in pasco county he had been shot nine times with a 20 caliber weapon like she like straight like fuck these dudes up yeah like overkill I think God, poor lady. I, I, I'm saying poor lady, but these men were killed. But um, yeah, just taking out all that years of aggression. Mm-hmm. I think
1: were these um, like convicted rapists or anything? They like weren't. That? They yeah. were
0: just picking up a prostitute. Right. So the body had been wrapped in an electric blanket and was badly decomposing when found. Witnesses saw Wernos in possession of Cars Carskadon's car. And Wernos had also pawned a gun identified as belonging to him. Our fourth victim was Peter Abraham Seams. He was 65 years old and was a retired merchant seaman. On June 1990, Seams left Jupiter, Florida for Arkansas. On July 4, 1990, his car was found in Orange Springs, Florida. Moore and Wernos were seen abandoning the car and Wernos' palm... Wuornos' paw print, print... Her palm palm print? Palm print? Her palm print. I still have doggies <laughs> on my mind. Her palm print was found on the interior door handle. His body has never been found.
1: You know what is crazy about this case, too, mm. is usually it's, like, men who kill yeah. prostitutes, but she's right. a prostitute killing men. Yeah. It's so backwards, and yeah. I...
0: Kind of dig it a little <laughs> kind bit. <of> it.
1: <laughs> I mean, if it really is out of self-defense, like if she is just killing them, just because I don't she wants think, to kill I, them. I do
0: believe the first one was self-defense. The others, I think it was just pure hatred for men. Yeah, you know. And well, I can't really blame her too much.
1: Well, yeah, and no, because I get the first one. I would kill somebody out of self-defense too. Mm-hmm. But when you're just killing random, I mean, these men could have been good guys you never know good guys picking up prostitutes i mean i mean (laughs) i mean it's you know it's a thing that happens but i don't think just because you pick up a prostitute i don't necessarily think Think you deserve to die yeah and i don't think that that necessarily makes you a bad person either i mean depending on the circumstances like yeah if they're fucking up their home life by doing it i mean i still don't think they deserve to die but I think you can still be a good person and pay for a
0: prostitute. Right, right. So then there was Troy Eugene. Burris. He was 50 years old and was a sausage salesman from Ocala.
1: A sausage salesman? Sausage
0: (laughs) salesman. On July 31st 1990 he was reported missing and on August 4th 1990 his body was found in a wooded area along State Road 19 in Marion County. He had been shot twice. Next was Richard Dick Humphreys age 56. Notice a trend here. Do you notice these men are much older men? Mm-hmm. They're
1: all old, yeah. Yeah. So... Hum- I think old men are the ones that end up paying for prostitutes.
0: <laughs> right. Generally. You don't really <laughs> usually see, like, 25-year-old men picking up prostitutes. I mean, it does happen, but I, yeah. I think most of the time it's so, old men. Yeah. <laughs> Creepy old men. Yeah. So Humphreys was a retired U.S. Air Force major, a former state child abu- abuse investigator, and former chief of police. On September 12, 1990, his body was found in Marion County. He was fully clothed and had been shot six times in the head and torso. His car was found in Sewanee County. Next was Walter Gino Antonio, age 62. He was a trucker, a security guard, and a police reservist. On November 19th, 1990, Antonio's nearly naked body was found near a remote logging road in Dixie County. He had been shot four times. Wow. Four days later, or I'm sorry, five days later, his car was found in Brevard County. So, on back to Peter Sim, uh, Sims. We talked about him a little while ago. Um, he was victim number four. He disappeared on a drive from Florida to Arkansas. Remember him? Mm -hmm. Um, But witnesses later claimed to have seen two women matching Moore and Werno's descriptions driving his vehicle. Um, Werno's fingerprints were later recovered from the car and from several of Seam's personal effects. That had turned up in local pawn shops. Remember the gun? Yeah. So she left fingerprints, the paw print. The paw print. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, turned his belongings into pawn shops. Not a smart move, Eileen. Definitely not. So uh, those who are our victims there, at least the ones that we are aware of. Um, And as I mentioned a few minutes ago, you know, notice these were all a lot older men. I think that she was triggered by these older men. Mm -hmm. um, That possibly reminded her of her grandfather yeah and that's what made it so easy for her to kill them oh i'm sure i'm sure there were other men that she picked up and didn't kill yeah but it was those that triggered her right yeah she was like bam i'm done with you so um eileen was picked up on a warrant after yet another fight in a biker bar in volusia county florida moore had left her by this time returning to pennsylvania where police apprehended her the day after eileen Wernos was booked it didn't take long for tyra moore to flip on Wernos. that hurts my heart it always goes that way though yep In the days immediately following following her arrest, Moore was back in Florida, staying at a motel the police had rented for her. There, she made calls to Wernos in an attempt to elicit a confession that could be used against her. In these calls, Tyra Moore acted up a storm, pretending to be frightened that the police would pin all the blame for the murders on her. She would beg Eileen to go over the story with her again, step by step, in order to get their story straight. After four days of repeated phone calls, Wernos confessed to several of the murders, but insisted over the phone that the killings Moore hadn't known about were all attempted rapes. Authorities now had what they needed to arrest Eileen Wernos for murder.
1: I feel like that's a very suspicious...
0: If yeah, someone keeps
1: calling you day after day after day being like, like okay so this happened and then that happened like, and this, can we go over what happened really tell me fast? this one more
0: time i can't really like remember yeah i right?
1: would, i would be very sus about that
0: exactly so Warno warner spent all of 1991 in jail waiting for her trials to start during that time tyra moore was fully cooperating with prosecutors in exchange for full immunity oh of my course god Of course. If you're going to do
1: bad things, you better go down for them. You better be willing to go down for them. She just turned
0: her girl in. Yeah. So uh, her and Eileen often talked by phone. And Eileen knew in general terms that her lover had turned as a witness for the state. Uh And if anything, Wuornos seemed to welcome it. What? Yeah. Why? I think. Like to protect her? That. And I think Eileen was just so done with life. She's just like, I don't even fucking care. Like, yeah, I yeah, guess that makes sense. You know, I am poor girl, poor, poor girl. <laughs> so, um, initially she admitted to the killings but claimed that she acted in self defense after all of the men had raped her. And who knows? Maybe they did. Mm-hmm. Maybe they didn't. I don't know. Uh, so it wouldn't p- surprise me if they did. Yeah. I mean, yeah.
1: Especially if, there's no laws protecting them they think that they can do whatever they want Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah like they're paying you for this they're gonna do what
0: they want exactly yeah Yeah. that's what i'm saying that's what's so scary about it so supporters of ornos viewed her as a strong independent woman and even as a heroic figure for uh, defending herself against male aggression Mm mm-hmm Which, if she was raped by these men, I can see that. Yeah. Like, you go, girl. Um, Oftentimes, her story would change, though. She would sometimes claim that she was a cold-blooded killer and only killed the men because she was robbing them. So, it was... She was just so back and forth.
1: Right. How how do you... (laughs) I don't understand when killers do that. When they go back and forth between stories. Yeah. Like,
0: just tell us what happened. We're
1: gonna (laughs) notice that you keep... You're switching so inconsistent. It. Yeah, it's all
0: recorded and documented.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So sometimes you're like, nope I just killed them because fuck them," and then other times you're like, "They rape me." Which one was it, Eileen? Come on.
1: Right. I guess we'll never know. It could be they actually did rape her and she's feeling sorry for herself. Mm-hmm. Or then it could switch in that particular day. She's wanting to feel more powerful about right. herself. Yeah. Who knows? Or it could just be she's scared to go to prison and get the death penalty. And I don't think she
0: was. Yeah. I think she was ready to go. I really do. I probably would be too, dude. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah.
1: There's nothing in her life that screams... I should still probably be no, here. There's nothing that, yeah. I yeah. mean, her life is, it she could has be salvageable. Or no one. Right. But at that point, you've just endured so much trauma and misfortune that I'm sure death
0: just seemed peaceful. Yeah. So during an interview with filmmaker Nick Broomfield, when she thought the cameras were off, she told him that it was, in fact, self-defense. But she could not stand being on death row, where she had been for 10 years at that point, and wanted to die. See? That's, right. I don't know. I don't know.
1: I think when the cameras aren't rolling is when that's people funny. are more vulnerable to yeah. talk about what actually happened to them. Just like with Jody. Yeah. Arius or whatever her name was. Mm -hmm. Um, when she was being interviewed, when she thought the cameras weren't rolling, Mm -hmm. she was concerned about the way she looked for the interview and stuff, and that just screams guilty.
0: Of course. Of course. So in the weeks before her execution, Warnos gave several more interviews to Broomfield and talked about, quote, being taken away to meet God and Jesus and the angels and whatever is beyond the beyond. In her final interview, she once again charged that her mind was "quote tortured" at BCI, and that her head was crushed by "quote sonic pressure." Oh, um, she said that food poisonings and other abuses happened. I'm eight- sure they did. Yeah, <laughs> and every time she complained, with the goal of making her appear, uh, with the goal of making her appear insane, or to have her drive insane. Oh, i'm sorry i totally read that wrong but so basically she said like at the prison they wanted to make her insane right she also turned on her interviewer and said you sabotage my ass society and the cops and the system a raped woman got executed and it was used for books and movies and shit her final on-camera words were thanks a lot society for railroading my ass oh my
1: god
0: i feel so bad for her honestly i really truly do pretty powerful i you know, and that's what i'm saying i think she was smart as shit yeah I, and part of me wonders if that's not what happened to her yeah you know let's make this woman crazy and let's let's you know make this part of history and right you know?
1: well based off of human interactions you know Centuries ago, women would go to insane asylums for, Mm -hmm. you know, gossiping. So just men just want women to be crazy. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. Like no woman could sanely do this. Mm -hmm. She Mm -hmm. is insane. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. Even Mm -hmm. though there are tons of other killers out there who definitely most likely like even jeffrey dahmer i feel like he has to be insane oh yeah with the wanting to make people into zombies and stuff yeah i just am so against their criteria for somebody who is considered insane i agree you with know
0: you. i agree 100 percent. so uh a childhood friend of ornos named dawn Botkins later told Nick Broomfield that her verbal abuse was directed at society and the media and not at him specifically, which, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, Warners was assessed using the psychopathy checklist and scored a 32 out of 40, which is a very high score. The checklist evaluates individuals on a 20-item list of antisocial and interpersonal behaviors, which, with each item being scored at 0, 1, or 2, and thus a maximum score of 40. Depending on the location and research perspective, scores above 25 to 30 are consistent with a dia- diagnosis of psychopathy. And she was a 32 out of 40. Wow yeah she was very mentally ill yeah as anyone would be with her life right so as rough as life has had been for her outside of prison she seemed to be having a harder time inside prison unfortunate yeah as she sat in confinement Wernos gradually came to believe that her food was being spat in and urinated in or contaminated with dirt it sounds like this prison, like, made things so much worse for her.
1: Honestly, if I was in prison, I would worry about those same
0: things. Yeah. They don't care about you there. It, it The way it's made out, though, is that she was just, like, super paranoid. Yeah. So she repeatedly went on hunger strikes and refused to eat meals prepared while vari- uh, various individuals were present in the jail's kitchen. She said that she had overheard conversations among prison personnel Quote, trying to get me so pushed over the brink by them, I'd wind up committing suicide before the execution. And, quote, wishing to rape me before the execution. Oh, my God. I know. Like, and who's to say what she's saying isn't truthful?
1: I 100% believe
0: it. I do believe
1: that people... Uh, uh, okay i know stories of people who have worked in prisons and stuff and they're never good stories Mm -hmm. when Mm -hmm. you are in prison your value of life Mm -hmm. your humanity is just stripped from you they do not give a shit about Mm -hmm. you as a human being there Mm -hmm. sometimes i feel like it's warranted but other
0: times it's really not yeah she also complained of strip searches tight handcuffing uh tight handcuffing Door kicking, frequent window checks, low water pressure, mildew on her mattress, and catcalling, and uh, a pure hatred towards me. Wernos threatened to boycott showers and food trays when certain officers were on duty. And this is what she says. In the meantime, my stomach's growling away, and I'm taking showers through the sink of my cell. Her at- attorney stated that Miss Wernos really just wants to have proper treatment, humane treatment until the day that she's executed. He added, she believes what she's written. Her statements to the court and to her own legal counsel became increasingly unhinged with many references to jail staff and other inmates she believed were plotting against her. Like many disturbed defendants, she petitioned the court to fire her lawyer and let her represent herself. The court actually agreed to do this, which left her unprepared and unable to cope with the un- inevitable, uh, inevitable blizzard of paperwork that seven murder trials involved. Right. There's no way she was confident or competent to, oh, enough no, to do no, that. No. Ooh, I hate that. So, uh, Warnos went on trial for the murder of Richard Mallory on January 16, 1992, and was convicted uh, two weeks later. The sentence was death. Around a month later she pleaded no contest to three more murders um, for which these sentences were also death. In 1992 Warnos pled uh, guilty to the murder of Charles Karskadon and was given yet another death sentence in November for the crime. Ten years after first being sentenced to death, Wuornos was still on Florida's death row and degenerating fast. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. So during her trial, uh, she had been diagnosed as a psychopath with borderline personality disorder. This was ruled not strictly relevant to her crimes, but it did present the bedrock and stability that let Wornos go around the bend from her prison cell. Now, I do want to discuss something here and this really needs to be talked about um and that is her BPD uh borderline personality mm-hmm. uh, diagnosis um so many of our suspects murderers, whatever you want to call them um have had this disorder and I'd like to give anyone who's not familiar with this uh, with this disorder an idea of what BPD exactly is mm-hmm. um So here's a few uh, definitions I kind of just pulled up from online, uh, a few different things. So uh, BPD, which is Borderline Personality personality Disorder, is a condition characterized by difficulties regulating emotion. As we read more into this, you'll find out, I mean, this is 100% Eileen Wernos. It is an illness marked by an ongoing pattern of varying moods, self-image, and behavior. These symptoms often result in impulsive actions and problems in relationships. People with borderline personality disorder may experience intense episodes of anger, depression, and anxiety that can last from a few days or from a few hours to a few days. Most people with BPD have an intense fear of, a, of abandonment bingo, even going to extreme measures to avoid real or imagined separation or rejection. The most common BPD triggers are relationship triggers, which I I do know that um, many people with BPD have a high sensitivity to abandonment, bingo again, and can experience intense fear and anger, impulsivity, self-harm, and even suicide, um, suicidal thoughts and relationship events that make them feel rejected, criticized, or abandoned. Romantic relationships with someone with BPD tend to be intense but unstable. It is not uncommon to experience a great deal of turmoil and dysfunction within the relationship. People with BPD tend to adore their lover one moment and seemingly out of nowhere will suddenly despise them. It's estimated that 1.4% of the U.S. adult population experiences BPD. Nearly 75% of people diagnosed with BPD are women. Recent research shows, though, that men may be equally affected by BPD, but are commonly misdiagnosed with PTSD or depression. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, come on. Uh, Borderline personality seems to almost always be a product of child abuse. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, Yeah.
1: So, parents, do better. Do better. Stop abusing your children, jeez. I mean, for fuck's sake. It doesn't take any extra amount of energy to just love your kids. This is a
0: very serious disorder and if you can't be a parent enough to not cause your children mental disorders like this, then mm-hmm. fucking jump off a bridge.
1: Literally <laughs> all most all of our cases they are diagnosed with BPD so yes. unless you want your child to just be fucking terrible
0: <laughs> and maybe kill somebody just love them and and we're not saying people with BPD are just terrible because they aren't people with BPD can be very loving people and they're not all murderers yeah. um but this is a very very serious uh disorder and it causes so many self esteem issues and abandonment issues and interpersonal relationship and and marriage problems and just love your children <laughs> please uh, sadly 75 percent of these people will attempt suicide and 10% of them will succeed which is the highest rate of suicide in any me- mental illness even with just depression yes wow highest rate of suicide in any mental illness that's crazy so parents this is what you're doing to your children by subjecting them to abuse Mm -hmm. anyway off my soapbox the
1: childhood is really your cornerstone of being if you are being abused as a kid that will 100 percent carry on over to adulthood absolutely
0: absolutely there are
1: tons of people who think that that's not true but yeah. your childhood is so important. It is. The way that you are now is a
0: direct result of your upbringing. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. but you can always be better than how you were raised as well. So yeah. Always remember that. Don't blame everything on your childhood, don't be a Rise generational
1: above. curse. Rise don't. above it. Yeah.
0: So, in 2001, she directly petitioned the court to ask for her sentence to be hurried along. Citing abusive and inhumane living conditions, Wernos also claimed that her body was being attacked by a sonic weapon of some kind. Her court-appointed lawyer tried to argue that she was irrational, but Wernos wouldn't go along with the defense. Not only did she confess again to the killings, but she sent out this to the court as a document for the record. And this is her words. I killed those men, robbed them cold as ice, and I'd do it again too. There's no chance in keeping me alive or anything because I'd kill again. I have hate crawling through my system. I am so sick of hearing this she's crazy stuff. I have been evaluated so many times. I'm competent, competent, sane, and I'm trying to tell the truth. I'm one who seriously hates human life and would kill again. Well, yeah. While her attorneys argued that she was not mentally competent to make such a request, Wuornos insisted that she knew what she was doing, and a court-appointed panel of psychiatrists agreed with her. Wow. Yeah. So on June 6, 2002, Eileen Wernos got her wish. She was put to death by legal injection. It says legal again, but I believe that's uh, lethal lethal injection at 9.47 p.m. She declined her last meal, which could have been anything under $20, and instead asked for a cup of coffee. Her last words are quoted as... This is this is a little out there, guys. If you don't know her last words, uh, I'll tell you now. It's a quote that's always gonna stuck with me because it's like, what? Why? <laughs> Why? So she says, I'd just like to say that I'm sailing with the rock and I'll be back like Independence Day with Jesus. June 6th, like the movie big mothership and all i'll be back wait the rock like the rock i don't know what she meant by the rock but she references independence day the movie and uh big mothership and all and says i'll be back okay so, yeah she uh, she predicted some weird things and would say some weird things that kind of like make a lot of sense now and it's like hmm eileen huh so uh, Eileen Wernos was cremated, and her ashes were spread beneath a tree in her native Michigan, uh, her native uh, Michigan town, by her childhood friend Don, who we spoke about earlier.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Wernos requested that Natalie Merchant's song "Carnival" be played at her at her funeral. She loved Natalie Merchant merchant commented on this when asked why she permitted uh, carnival to be played during the credits of the documentary eileen life and death of a serial killer merchant said when director nick broomfield sent a working edit of the film i was so disturbed by the subject matter that i couldn't even watch it eileen murnos led a tortured torturing life that is beyond my worst nightmares it wasn't until I was told that Eileen spent many hours listening to my album Tiger Lily while on death row and requested Carnival to be played at her funeral that I gave permission for the use of the song. It's very odd to think of the places my music can go once it leaves my hands. If it gave her some solace, I have to be grateful. That's very kind.
1: That is, yeah. Very kind.
0: So Broomfield later speculated on Warnows' mur- uh, motive and state of mind. He said... I think this anger developed inside of her and she was working as a prostitute. I think that she had a lot of awful encounters on the roads and I think this anger just spilled out from inside of her and finally exploded into incredible violence. That was her way of surviving. I think Eileen really believed that she had killed in self-defense. I think someone who's deeply psychotic can't really tell the difference between something that is life threatening and something that is a minor disagreement. So, you could say that something, uh, say something that she didn't agree with, she would get into a screaming black temper about it. And I think that's what had caused those things to happen. And at the same time, when she wasn't in those extreme moods, there was an incredible humanity to her, which I agree with. Yeah. Eileen Wernos was the 10th woman in the United States and the second in Florida to be executed since the 1976 United States Supreme Court decision restoring capital punishment. Oh, wow. And that is it. It's very sad. It is sad. I I just feel for her. I just feel for her. Um, I don't know. It breaks my heart. I hate it for the victims as well but I just I don't know my heart just aches for Eileen Mm Wuornos always has
1: it's sad I I do feel empathy for most killers who did have a very hard upbringing Mm -hmm. not to the point that I'd ever want them to not get the punishment that they deserve Right. but I think that it is like a lot of people say you know don't feel bad for grown-up killer feel bad for their childhood but Mm -hmm. i just am such a firm believer that yeah you can break out of things Mm -hmm. you can break out of you know patterns that you've experienced your whole life but when you watch interviews of these killers and things Mm -hmm. they say things like it's such a consuming urge that you can't fight it Mm -hmm. it's like it, it um envelops your whole body your whole state of being mm-hmm. and to me that says something mm-hmm. i mean anybody could say that but because it is such a prevalent thing when it comes to serial killers yeah. i think that needs to be studied more and it needs to be looked in more like can they control it yeah
0: part of me thinks that they can't really yeah yeah i, I don't know i don't know just do right by your children guys yeah <laughs> I mean, really, because it just it does make such a huge, such a huge impact on how they behave as adults. And uh, again, kind of to go along with the BPD thing, um, not in any way, shape or form were we uh, bad mouthing people with BPD. Um, People with BPD can be extremely compassionate, loving, loving people. Mm -hmm. um, But their mood swings are so up and down and they can be so very volatile and violent um you know when they're down um and uh again just the fact that that particular and so many other mental and even physical um ailments can be caused by child abuse Mm -hmm. you know it's just it's scary stuff it really is but uh That's all we've got for Eileen Wernos. And uh, I hope you guys enjoyed. Let us know your thoughts. Um, Check us out on Facebook at, for God's sake, don't drink the Jones juice. Instagram at don't drink the Jones juice. TikTok at don't drink the Jones juice. (laughs) Email us at don't drink the Jones juice at gmail.com. Check out our merch at storefrontier.com slash don't drink the Jones juice. That's all of our websites, I think, yeah. Yeah. Um, You guys have a great one. For God's sake. Don't drink the Jones juice.